Everybody, welcome to episode 65 of Beth Parks. Let me put the other uh, channels in. When I play music, I can't put it on YouTube or I can't, excuse me, I can't put it on Facebook and some other areas because it's stupid. That's why. How's that? Um, but we're going to get on all the channels here now as soon as I hit save changes and we'll get this thing underway. Um, Anthony DeMarco going to join us momentarily from Montreal. Uh, Anthony Sanfilippo, who, who had that uh, huge scoop yesterday, breaking the news about Sean Couturier. We'll talk with Ant Sanfilippo. He'll be joining us momentarily as well. What a fucking gut punch. Holy cow. Um, there, there's no way to go, okay, this is fine. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with the injury, but uh, there's a lot to talk about in light of the injury to Sean Couturier, the fallout. We're, we're still waiting for some clarification. And, you know, you wait for that clarification. Look, do we get clarif- ultimate clarification? I don't know. We still haven't gotten clarification on Ryan Ellis. So, but we'll find out, I guess, more information here over the next couple of days. And camp is starting for the veterans and the entire team. Technically, tomorrow, uh, they'll have their meetings. Uh, first on ice day is Thursday, but it already started and <laughs> what a punch in the head. It's like just being hit in the head with a fucking club. But let me tell you real quick about our great sponsors. Number one, first and foremost, Bet Parks. They present Stick to Hockey Live. They're presenting Stick to Hockey Live once again here today. 65, episode 65. And we're moving to a new schedule. I think it's starting next week. We're going to do three days a week. We're going Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Anthony DeMarco is going to be with us every Wednesday. And we're going to three episodes a week. We did th- two last year during the season, Tuesdays and Thursdays. This year, we're going to Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And I haven't decided completely on what time yet, whether I do 11 or noon or 1 o'clock. i got to figure that out. But um, we're going to three episodes a week, and it's awesome. Last year, it was a great year to bring Stick to Hockey back and reintroduce this uh, love child of mine from many years ago. And it was awesome. And you guys made it successful. So we're expanding it to three days a week. We're going to have great guests. Like I said, Ant will, uh, DeMarco will join us every Wednesday. And we'll have great guests all season, guys that I tap uh, from around the NHL, local, national, and everywhere in between. I mean, we have Craig Button, Brian Boucher. Uh, we've had Adam Kimmelman. We have local guys on, Charlie O'Connor, Anthony Sanfilippo. We've had them all on. So we'll continue to do that and provide you great hockey content, at least. Hopefully, it's great hockey content. Hopefully, you view it that way. And it's going to be a fun season from a uh, stick-to-hockey live standpoint. Uh, But, you know, Bet Parks has been with us all last year. They're with us again, and it's the greatest casino and sports book. The app, the new app is live. It's great. It's You know, football season's here, college and pro. Hockey season's right around the corner. You've got hoops right around the corner. You've also got uh, the end of the baseball season, into the playoffs, tons to gamble on. Tennis, golf, Formula One, it's all there for you. Easy to navigate and uh, easy to use, fun to use, faster to win than ever before. Right now, all Bet Parks users, if you use the promo code Jason750, Jason750, that'll get you a $750 risk free bet just for popping in that little promo code. Again, new and existing users, Jason750, $750 risk free bet. Terms and conditions do apply. So download the Bet Parks app today and get in on it. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling from call 1-800-GAMBLER. New sponsor, old sponsor in a lot of ways, also along for the ride. How about Conquer Bill? 
Conquerville Subaru. You know, I've had a long relationship with Conquerville. I bought my first car from them way back. Uh, did the commercials years ago when I was with Mikey Miss. Now, you know, my son in the commercial said, when I when I drive my first car, it's going to be a Conquerville Nissan. Uh, and Mike gave me a lot of crap for it because Evan was eight at the time. Well, he's about to turn 16, <laughs> if you can believe it. And you know about my many years as a loyal customer of Conquer Conquerville. And I bought my first car there many since. And yeah, Evan is just a couple months away from driving as well. So why do I use Conquerville? It's a dealership I know. It's trust. And they've always taken care of me and my family. Conquerville cares. It's not just the same. It is a fact. The work they have done and continue to do in the community is just unparalleled. They were the first Subaru Nation Love uh, Promise Dealer of the Year back in 2015. Conquerville Subaru, eight years supporting Nemours Children's Hospital of Delaware, They've adopted 15 classrooms at Marcus Oak Elementary School again this year, allowing the teachers to pick $500 of classroom supplies each. Plus, they continue with the donation of thousands of coats to La Comunidad Hispania in Kennett Square and over the last 10 years, and that continues to this day. Now, it's a great time to visit the beautiful showroom. It is awesome. On Route 202, it's right in Glen Mills. You'll see it right up there on the hill. And you check the certified pre-owned inventory or pick from a list of incoming Subaru vehicles. So check out Conquerville Subaru. It's more than just a dealership. They have award-winning service department, and you get a free car wash with every service appointment. So visit ConquervilleSubaru.com and check out the showroom on Route 202 in Glen Mills. And always remember, Conquerville cares. So uh, thanks to Conquerville. Great to be with them once again as well. Great to be with everybody, despite the fact that you know the news isn't good when you get a guy that missed two thirds of last season with a back issue and had back surgery. And then just a couple days before camp, we find out that there's another injury to the back is the same injury. We'll find out. Uh, we'll hear from Anthony Sanfilippo who broke the news yesterday. There's been a lot of subsequent reporting as well. So we'll continue to talk about that. And uh, the, really the fallout of, you know, the Sean Couturier news that came out yesterday uh, while we wait for Anthony Sanfilippo, let's get him in right now from the fourth period.com up in Montreal looking bright-eyed and bushy-tailed it is Anthony DeMarco what's up Ant? oh what's going on buddy uh I guess uh not too many sunshines and rainbows today eh no no butterflies and blossoms and you know, it's crazy it's like we're just getting ready to start we're trying to find some positives and you know torts in this new era and all this stuff and then boom a punch to the gut like none you could have ever got I mean other than Carter like having some catastrophic injury. This is the worst case scenario. And this actually might be worse because it's year one of a new eight-year deal too. Yeah, and you know, like we, we've talked about the isolation of the goaltending position before. And as far as Sean Couturier goes, I don't think that there's a player that single-handedly affects everyone else around him in a positive way than Sean Couturier on this team. He plays 1C, he plays the penalty kill, you know, he's pretty much a slam dunk for 65 points at least. And, you know, this is an injury, this is a development that kind of makes this season die in the cradle a lot. That's not to say that this team was going to be contending for Stanley Cup by any stretch, even if you had a healthy Sean Couturier. But there were ways that you could kind of spin it in a positive light, you know, his return to 100% health. You know, we had already seen the team and John Tortorella pumping the tires of Couturier and Kevin Hayes, two guys that were presumably the, the two biggest candidates to be uh, the next captain of this team, and the two most important forwards for this team, and in a lot of ways, the two most important players for this team. 
And, you know, like I said, there wasn't like a huge expectation for them to be contending for a Stanley Cup or even making the playoffs. But with Katori not healthy at all, like you can just kind of kiss that dream goodbye. Yeah, that was your baseline, you know, 1C and, and 2C. And presumably at some point you would move Kevin Hayes to a position of 3C. And as Couturier aged up, you'd move him to two and you'd have, you know, a bona fide star player playing one C at some point. That's that was kind of the outlook I was looking at. And a lot of people. But, you know, look, we said, you know, there was in the question marks that we did. Remember, we were talking about the biggest question marks. And one of them was about Couturier returning from back surgery. And just a couple of days ago, and I mean, he met with the media along with Kevin Hayes and said he's 100 percent. But then we come to find out during a, a training session, uh, I, I don't know if this is definitive or not. I, I've seen reports that he herniated or slipped a disc in a training session. It was not, I believe, skating, as Elliot Friedman said. Uh, and look, that can happen at any time. But when you're coming off back surgery, the, the amount of questions that that opens up is a long, long list. You know, there's there's this new medical staff and you know, Couturier did say in that availability too, you know, this one was a hard one for him because he likes to push and and really kind of push the the timeline on getting back, but he had to be patient in this one and was, and he was 100%. And then just seemingly a couple of days later, huge setback. We don't know if it's the same injury, the same area. We don't. Um, I, I was told that, you know, the determination on exactly what it is and the severity of it is not determined yet. So we'll see what Ann says in his reporting. I'm sure he continues to dig, and he'll join us in a minute. But it's a huge blow in a season where, you know, there's not a lot of optimism. And to lose a player of Couturier's ilk is – it's it's stunning. Yeah, and, you know, the back is, you know, an injury that even if it's not the same one, it feels like if you injure one thing – and look, I'm not a doctor by any stretch, but, like – just someone who, and you know, you're someone who's played sports and been like somewhat of an athlete, even in a very amateur level. If you hurt your back in one area and you've previously hurt in another, it feels like they all kind of tie together. And it is somewhat of an alarming thing that the back is a continued kind of injury spot for Sean Katori, even if it's not the same muscle per se or the same injury per se. When you're it could a guy be related because of the compensation that takes place, absolutely. Well, that's it. And you look at a guy who's had a lot of hard miles on his body. You know, his injuries have kind of dated back to, I want to say, the 2018 playoffs, although that was a knee. I think it was a knee-on-knee collision with Radko Gudis in a, in a, in a practice. He caught friendly fire, yeah. And, you know, Sean Couture is a guy who, in the early years of his career, it was like he was never injured. And I remember when, you know, the the question of him getting re-signed and him ultimately being re-signed came up. I was very skeptical of re-signing Sean Couture, not because of the guy he was when healthy. I think when healthy, he's a $7.75 million player every day of the week. And I remember when they did re-sign him, I said that, you know, if you had to re-sign him, this was the best way to go. But... I was scared because while people wanted to compare him to Patrice Bergeron's trajectory, I kept saying that it was equally as possible that he could take Ryan Kessler's trajectory. And look, we're a far way away from where Ryan the Flyers offer sheeted, by the way. <laughs> exactly. Oddly enough, uh, back when he was with Vancouver. Yep. And I mean, look, we're a far way away from it being a Ryan Kessler situation, of course. 
But at the same time, at this point in time, based on what we've seen Sean Couturier deal with the last 18, 19 months or so, it sure as hell seems like he's closer to Ryan Kessler than Patrice Bergeron right now. And that's very, it, it's very striking in a negative way because the thing is, is that if you can't get a healthy Sean Couturier back, I don't know how this team's going to be competitive anytime in the near future. Yeah, I mean, he's just such an important player. Uh, I've said this several times, and I believe I said it on today's Flyers Daily, that whenever the the coach, the head coach, was shuffling the lines, there was always a couple guys hanging outside his door going, can you put me on his line? (laughs) Because he lightened the load for you so much defensively. He consumed uh, so much attention offensively. He was such a good all-zone player that everybody loved playing with him. You know, he's a coach's dream type player. Let's get him in right now. He joins us from Crossing Broad in the Snow the Goalie podcast, the only Flyers podcast. It is Anthony Sanfilippo. What's up, Ant? What's up, boys? Sorry I had to uh, log in through my phone having a little bit of a computer issue all of a sudden. I'm not sure why, but um, that's why I'm about three minutes late here. But it's good to see you guys. been a while. It's good. It's good to see you. I'd like it to be under different circumstances, though, unfortunately, <laughs> right? I guess, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You were the one. You broke this story yesterday, Amp, and yep. um, it was a, a whopper. Um, and yeah. it gives you no pleasure to break a story like this. But, you know, in your reporting since you broke the story yesterday, is there anything new to report uh, from your end? No, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident. And, you know, I know a couple of other reports have come out since then that have kind of maybe tempered the, the timeline a little bit, you know, oh, they hope he can avoid surgery kind of thing. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys remember about a year ago, I put out a story about Sam Moran um, and I used the term significant um, to describe that and got a lot of grief because, you know, it wasn't were, significant. And what are you talking about? <laughs> came back at me about it. Um Let's just say the same person who told me that he may never play hockey again is the same person who told me Sean Couturier could miss the entire year. Um, and that we're pretty confident that uh, we're at three and a, you know, three months um, is, is likely the minimum here. Um, so is that, 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 does that involve that's a surgery? Or, in? That's or is, I'm sorry. It, that's without a surgery, obviously. Yeah, I mean, he is getting a second. There's no, there's no doubt he, you know, went for a second opinion. Look, whenever you have an injury of this kind, you should go get a second opinion. You know, if you, if you, you know, you're going to miss time, but maybe you know another doctor can say, hey, I mean, you know, I can get you back a couple weeks sooner or whatever. You know, you know, this maybe this therapy is a little bit different. What do you want to, you know, think about it? Try this, whatever. I get it, and that's fine. Um, he's not going to be back before the new year, and. If he plays at all, it won't be until. Maybe, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, he could play. He could maybe play by the All Star break in February, something like that. But look, if the team's in in total disarray and then towards the bottom of the standings, why risk it? Yeah. Why risk it? It, it really all depends. You're locked, you're locked into him for another seven years. Like, why risk it? Mm-hmm. Well, know? is it is it one thing that we're trying to figure out is is this the same exact, in, not the same exact injury, but the same area of injury that he yeah, re-injured? Or is it a compensatory thing where you're overcompensating right. because of the other area is still weak? I, what I, is that part that you're hearing? Yeah, that I, I can't give you a 100% answer on. I know that it's okay. in, this, in a similar similar spot. Um, 
on his back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the Flyers, after I reported yesterday, came out with upper body injury, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> um, but it is, uh, there's no guarantee that it's relate that it's the same injury as last year. Um, there's no guarantee that it's related to the injury from last year. Um, but I have a feeling that it is related um, and potentially related to how he was rehabbing coming back off of that surgery. Um, back injuries are tricky things and you got to be really, really careful and cautious with how you ramp up certain parts of your training. Um, even yeah, there's plateaus you have to break through. Yeah. And they're all dangerous. Even seven months after surgery, right? I mean, yeah. there, there's still those things you got to be careful with. And I'm not 100% sure. I can't say with any this with any certainty, but I'm not 100% sure that they were completely careful with that, which could is why maybe the disc herniates in that situation because you're, you're pushing too hard to make it, you know what I'm saying, to, to get back uh, to the strength you need to be. And your back's just not there, and this is the result of that. Yeah, a um, herniated disc will happen when the area, the muscle around the disc is not strong enough to keep it in in its place, and it will herniate. Right. And once it herniates, the nerve is out, and then you have inflammation, and then it's the endless cycle of trying to calm it. Right, right. And, and you know, if anybody's ever had a herniated disc, uh, thankfully I haven't. I don't know if either of you have, but L four, L five. Okay, so you know, so mm-hmm. you know what the pain's like. Yeah, it never goes away. It comes I, back. I, like, I just when you least expect it. Like, all of a sudden, you know, you, you're walking down the street, and all of a sudden, you, it flares up on you, right? I mean, yeah. It, just, it, it can there. buckle you, too. Like, the, the way it works, it's, it can just weaken you, like, weaken your legs. And I had an L4-L5, and it was five years where I had to sleep on a couch. You know, I'm married. It was, I was newly married at the time, and I had to sleep on a couch. That was the only place where I could find some relief to get good sleep. You know, I was drunk one night. And that P90X commercial was on and I tried everything. I was hanging upside down on a fucking inversion table. You name it. I did it. Nothing worked. Five years of this shit. And I bought that P90X thing and I talked to my orthopedic guy. He's like, no way you can do that. And I said, one day I just said, fuck it. And I did it. And I woke up three weeks into doing that for the first time on my stomach in five years. And I haven't had a back problem since. So maybe you should get P90X. <laughs> Cause it strengthened my core and kind of realigned me, but I'm yeah. not at any shell up center <laughs> you know exactly oh man well and like i i gotta pitch it to you like obviously you you haven't done all the digging on this but like i guess like half based on your information half based on like just being an analyst would this give you some trepidation that sean katori could he ever get back to close to what he was let's say two three years ago for the flyers well how can it not Ant? i mean really when you think about it even if he, even if the Flyers are right, even if the Flyers say, you know, they're they're optimistic, he can be back, you know, eight weeks. That's uh, two months. You miss. You get into December. It's practically a year off the ice. Shit, yeah. With two with two back injuries, and including a surgery, and he's pushing thirty. And even though he's pushing thirty, he's been in the league since he's eighteen. So that body is not a 30-year-old body. It's more like a 35-year-old body, right? And so you sit there and say, well, yeah, I mean, can he come back? Yeah, I think he can come back and play hockey. But can he come back and play hockey as effectively as he was when he was a Selkie trophy winner? I don't know. I don't think, I don't think that that's, like, realistic. I mean, maybe he can. And if he can, 
goes to show you how good of a player Sean Couturier really is. But I, you know, he, even the best guys who have injuries that you know that are debilitating can't get through them sometimes, and it's it's unfortunate. It's a shame, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, am I concerned that he cannot that he's not going to ever be that top line center again? I am concerned that that yeah, you absolutely favorite. have to be. Yeah, See, the thing it, it depends on the player too. You know, some players. I say this all the time when they age up, Ant. You know, some players have a half a step to lose, and they can and they can overcome the half a step to lose by the way they think the game. Some players don't have a half a step to lose. Like when you saw like Milan Lucic, he didn't have the half a step to lose, right? So he was never going to be that dominant player like that anymore because he wasn't that guy and he wasn't going to be able to think the game at a level to overcome the half a step of loss and pace the way he played. So Couturier, you know, he's not, you know, exactly flying up and down the ice like Connor McDavid. He's a good skater, but he's never been a burner. But he's going to have to play the game differently no matter what. He was going to have to do that no matter what, but it gets to an even more exaggerated degree now because the mobility, I mean, you got to imagine after two back surgeries that the mobility is never going to return to 26 year old Sean Couturier. No, that's I, a fact. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're, I think you've nailed it there, Jay. It's really, really, it's, it's kind of depressing <laughs> yeah, it is. when you think about it, but it's, it's, it's the truth. It really is the truth. And, um, you know, my concern here, guys, more than anything, is how does this happen consistently with this team? And what I and what people I people want to that, say they're cursed. What I, what I, I don't believe what, in that shit, though. <laughs> what I mean by that, what I mean by that is, I mean, look, injuries happen, and so yeah, something you could say that that a team is cursed when injuries happen on ice, right? You got guys playing in a game and they get hurt, and like, oh, geez, this team is cursed. It happened again. But a lot of these Flyers injuries in the past few years are occurring in workouts and just skate skating, you know, on your own or in, you know, pre-camp skating in the, in, you know, in the gym uh, with the strength and conditioning coaches. Like, how can that, how does that continually happen? There has to be something going wrong there, right? I mean, there has to be a real deep dive into that end of things. Yeah. Well, obviously one of them was Kevin Hayes last year in the captain skates where he had the injury. His injury was probably there before, but didn't know it. And then he exacerbated it right before camp last year, which led to basically two and a half surgeries. The last one really wasn't a surgery. It was just a, a clean out and he had a drain put in, but, um, you know, how many of those have there been? Here you have Couturier, but I mean, like a lot of them, Farabee. Couturier's other injury happened in the game with the, the rib injury or oh, yeah. Frost had the shoulder that happened. Tyson Forster dove for a puck. You know, a lot of those things have happened on the ice. No, but, but you had Farabee training in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That was an offseason injury. Um, or you uh, wonder, was that a se- end of season injury? They just didn't know, just didn't pick it up. Well. I'm, well, which is equally as bad, no? Yeah, yeah. right. I mean, exactly. It's, yeah. it's, it's, to me, that's equally as bad. Um, but, but, but just if I could jump in one second here, like, like, just like on a kind of unrelated note, but I asked someone yesterday with the Flyers about the the PTOs they handed out, Roussel and Anisimov, 
And I had asked, like, oh, is this a way maybe to, like, push some of the kids vying for a spot that their spots aren't secure? Let's say, like, a Lisinski or Allison. And I was told, no, not really. We just need bodies. And in my head, I'm saying, like, this, the, like, I feel like many in the hockey ops are just scared as to what happened last year that they can't count on a healthy lineup. So they're just kind of bringing in NHL bodies because that we saw, especially in the later half of last year, there were times where you had like almost six, seven forwards who didn't belong in the NHL. So like, and do you think that maybe there's a relation from them just bringing in capable NHL bodies and the fact that there's so many of these random injuries just dropping out of the, out of the sky pretty much? I mean, you could put two and two together there. Um, you know, I, I know for a fact, and I, and I mentioned just a one-line thing in my story, but I know for a fact that um, the signing of Anisimov, although it occurred after Couturier got hurt, was not related to Couturier getting hurt. They were planning on bringing him in anyway uh, yeah. prior prior to. Um, so I know I just want to make sure that people understand that that wasn't a reactionary PTO signing. Um, and I agree. I mean, they need they need bodies because they don't have confidence in the fact that they could field a legit roster. You don't want a third line with an ECHL guy like Hayden Hodgson out there. again, Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I thought that they brought these kind of guys, these guys in for those purposes. But then when you lose a Couturier, well, as long as Anisimov is, you know, Upright. capable of still moving on the ice. <laughs> he's probably getting a job. He's probably going to get a contract because they, you know, they need another center. They need a guy who's got a little bit of size. You know, he's he's okay puck possession wise. Terrible faceoff guy, by the way. Awful in his career. Uh, he he's like fly in his day. Forty five percent used to be used to be able to fly. Yeah, not to at, not at thirty four. He's not no, flying. No. Uh, but he you know, kills penalties. You know, it's like I said, he's he's a slightly above average possession guy. Played um, the K last year. Yeah. Played the K last year. I didn't have an NHL job, but you know, whatever. I mean, I look at a guy like that and say, he's probably making the team now. Yeah. And he's not making it as a fourth line center. Well, no. No, he's I mean he's not gonna be your first line center either. I mean, Kevin Hayes is probably gonna be pushed up into that spot. He might be your second line center. Could be. Well, at, at this point, you know, you look at a guy like Morgan Frost and like if Morgan Frost didn't have an opportunity to before to, to shine, like this is like the path is wide open for him now. Right, guys? This is it, though. Right. Oh, and I mean, it, it's got to be it. I mean, this has got to be his last real chance. If you don't take the he's had opportunities in the past and not gotten through. I, I can't imagine that if he's still not doing the things that they need him to do with this big of a hole in that lineup, that if he doesn't come through, that they give him another opportunity beyond this. Yeah. I think this is, this is it for him. Oh yeah. He's on the on-ramp right now and there's no traffic. I mean, he's got it wide open. Yep. Let me put this comment up from C-Mac. Um, it's, it's really <laughs> interesting. C-Mac, do me a favor uh, in the comments, put, you, you seem to know something about, this topic of back issues because he's got some really technical language. He said, Sean Couturier had a sciatic impingement surgery last year and slight herniation can develop after if Coots had a uh, second opinion, I can assure you it's because he's offered uh, disc replacement surgery. And he said, because the last thing you want to do is fuse the discs. 
Like they do that a lot of times when you're not going to try and be a professional athlete anymore. They'll fuse them for long term. Uh, well, I mean, this is this is similar comfort. to what Fa- this is similar to what Faraby went through, right? Is going through yeah. right now, right? Yeah. Um, well, real quick, he says as long as the herniation didn't leave disc space vertebrae area, he should be okay. So, yeah, well. I don't know C Mac credentials, but he, it sounds good. <laughs> Stayed at that Holiday Inn Express last night. (laughs) (laughs) Far be it for me to trust uh, medical advice from Twitter, but. (laughs) WebMD, baby. Yeah, you never know. I mean, that may be his his area of of specialty. I don't know. But, um, you know, the thing is, is there is a lot here we still don't know. And it's so easy for us, though, to go. When we see your report last night, Ant. Like I try and like remove emotion and stuff like that. Doing a daily podcast, like I can't go in every day and freak out, right? But I see your report last night, and I'm like, it's hard to not feel like doom and gloom right now because yeah. of what we've been through. We have the Philadelphia Flyers fan has scar tissue ad nauseum, like so much of it right now. And the only way to to get rid of that scar tissue is through positive things happening in repetition. The only repetition we're getting is a step backwards again. And that's why it's really difficult from a mental standpoint to just go, Oh, well, let's look at the, maybe he'll be okay. Or maybe this is just a setback. We can't do that right now because there's so much scar tissue of the bad things that have happened over the last couple of years regarding injuries. It's insane. I mean, I feel like, I feel like Jay and all honesty, we, we talk in circles with this, right? I mean, I mean, like, I mean, we sit just here changing every, the name, right? Right. It's just, it's who it is. It's, it's just, it's a different player. But he's trying. It's just, it's just so frustrating. Yeah. You know, it's, well, it's, well, it's they put kind up of the, funny. I, I've had an opportunity. I've had an opportunity this summer um, to really, uh, you know, dive in a little bit on on some Phillies coverage. Uh, Done a good job the, with it too, by the way. Th- thank you, because the thing's changing it at uh, uh, across the broad a little bit, and I, I go down to the ballpark. You know, I've been to, I don't know, 20, 21 games, I think it is at this point. And I said to myself, it's just so refreshing to be covering a team who's not in complete and utter turmoil. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even, I don't know. I mean, I'm going down there kind of blind. I mean, I know, I mean, obviously I know the sport, I know the players, but they don't know me. Like, I don't have those, the same relationships that I have in hockey, right? I'm going down, I'm just kind of, a, you know, the new guy, the fill-in guy. And nevertheless, it's just kind of like relaxing. It's like this is this is so much. You're, you're talking about a team that that has something that even if even if they don't make the playoffs, right? Even if they fall apart and miss the playoffs, it's a story that is at least you're following that you can that's developing, that's building, whatever. It's not complete and utter chaos, twenty four seven. And the it players, has been for the Phillies a lot of time over their history, but it is not right, right exactly. now. Exactly, yeah. it's funny. It's <laughs> But, but the point is, is that the Flyers have been chaos since losing Pandemic. to the Islanders in the, in the playoffs of the bubble. Yeah. yeah. Since losing to the Islanders in the playoffs of the bubble, they have been chaos. And it's like, I've had enough. I mean, yeah. It's frustrating. It should be easier. It, should, it shouldn't be so difficult, right? Look, we've all covered bad teams, right? Teams have had bad years. Yeah, it happens. It happens in sports. Okay, yeah, this is the bad team. This is a bad year. We'll muddle through it. We'll get through. But it's never been like this before where it's just 
around every corner is yet another pit club. It's like, it's like, it's like it's another thing. It's like, and, and you just start saying, how the hell are they ever going to get out of this? Yeah. Yeah, that's I, the I don't thing. Know. I feel like every every corner we turn, there's an. I feel like I'm in a cartoon, and there's one of those oversized bats to <laughs> swing and hit me in the head as I turn the corner. Yeah, yeah. You know? They're gonna drop the anvil on our head. But really, I mean, if and it might be, it might be that it takes until next June, where we have to sit here in in purgatory, and until then, that this team gets lucky and you know hits the lottery and is able to draft a generational player. Next year, and then well, maybe things- the tear it down people should be happy. Then, yeah, they're, they're, but they're not tearing it. They haven't torn it down. They're stuck with some contracts here, right? I mean, they're not. They haven't torn it down. Yeah, well, I mean, like, look, if Ellis never plays again, first of all, if he retires, the recapture goes to the Predators. It doesn't right. go to the Flyers. Uh, uh, I, I would still, and I will tell you right now, as I sit here on the twentieth of September, I would still make that deal today for Nolan so Patrick I. and Phil Myers yeah. for Ryan Ellis. So I, I agree. You know, hey, how about Neil, uh, Noel Patrick? How's he going to play for Vegas this year? He ain't going to play for Vegas. Oh, this year. oh, oh he's it's dead. over for him. It's over. Oh, you mean yeah, we he's right not playing. Along? Yeah, you mean we were right all along about Nolan Patrick? Yeah, I mean he's got no belly either. Uh, the oh, thing is, is okay. like, and can you can you trace back like like a CSI episode and you got the all the pictures on the wall and they're trying to figure out all the pieces of this thing? You can all trace it back to kind of one guy, can't you? And it's Nolan Patrick, the Ron Hextall drafting of Nolan Patrick. That's yeah. really the web. Everything all leads right to, right there to that mutt. Yeah, and, and that's you know that's why Clarkie was so adamant last year on on Cam and Strick podcast when he said Ron Hextall set this team back several years, mm-hmm. and he was specifically referring to that draft pick. Yeah, there were other Although he things. got it wrong, he was bringing up the fact they should have taken Kale McCarr. It was actually Heiskanen who they liked. Heiskanen was who they who the the, the, the scouts prefer. They liked yeah. McCarr too, but they liked Heiskanen better. Yeah. Um, uh, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that they and look, there were other things that Hexall was not good at. He had flaws, but it seriously comes to that pick because that pick leads to a bad Kevin Hayes contract. Yep, you know which when he which, can't play for that year. Right, um, w- w- which leads to uh, a bad. Well, the JVR mm-hmm. contract was a disaster too. Although that's Hextall as well, um, and then and then you, you know Fletcher's forced to try and get out from underneath some of this stuff and can't. And although Fletcher's mm-hmm. drafts might turn out to be okay, I mean you look at what they have in the system, and you know some people like what the Flyers have. They're, the Flyers are kind of considered a you know top ten, twelve system they're not you know towards the bottom there's no top end talent there but there's nhl talent whether it's zamula right you know obviously forster maybe you know i think is a top six player but right um but there's no superstar that's what's missing that's what's missing in there like i remember talking to uh, mark seidel who runs his own independent north american scouting bureau and he says there's a lot of talent in the flyer system but the problem is is that you don't have that one crown jewel And I I think when we look back on Chuck Fletcher and I guess by extension or more specifically Brent Fleur's drafting with the Flyers, that like it's going to come down to Gauthier and to a lesser extent Forster. Like those are their aces in the hole. Like if those guys don't. At this time, yeah. At this point in time. But at the, here's the thing is that are they going to get another kick at the can at drafting? 
that that's that's the tough part. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. And I mean, it's it, you know, I think that they've done a nice job, um, but at this point, their ability to draft well or to draft decently should not be the lone reason to keep them when they can't get it right at the NHL level. Well, how much? Uh, so we just talked about Nolan Patrick, and you you know, you brought up the Clarky on the Cam and Strick podcast brought up how far Hextall sent sent them backwards. So how much do, do you, of that then do you put at the, the lap of Chuck Fletcher? Because he did have a, a Nolan Patrick who couldn't play that year heading into 1920. There wasn't exactly a plethora of talent out there at yeah. the center position. So, so I've argued I've argued for patience for Fletcher because mm-hmm. of the situation that he had to take over. And also because obviously then after that, the pandemic hits and that was – you know, that throws everything that he was probably planning on doing into complete and utter chaos as well. But this was this past summer was the way was his path out. It was his path to say, I can do things a different way. I can get this thing turned around sooner rather than later. I can be the GM that makes this team relevant again. And I think he missed badly. Well, what was the move that he should have done then? Because I know you don't believe Gaudreau was the right thing. I know. And I don't um, either. Yeah, I, I get it. But at the same time, even if it's not even if it's not Gaudreau, even if you go and make maybe you make the trade for Debrinket, you saw what, what what he went for and it was like, well, that wasn't as much as I thought it would be. You know, like I think you could have made that deal. Even if you have to trade away a future draft pick to get somebody to take a bad salary off your hands so that you can potentially add one to two other players that can help this organization, help this roster. But thank God he didn't trade that 2023 first round pick to do that. Well, I wouldn't wouldn't have traded the 23. Okay. I wouldn't trade it. Would I have traded the 23 second? Maybe. But they don't have that. Yeah. Well, it depends on what you're you're getting, you know, if you're maneuvering, right? You know, it's around, right? I mean, if you can acquire that, look, the 24 first, okay, not, maybe not. Okay. You don't, you don't want the 24. You don't, okay, well, we'll fit. Whatever it took, right? I mean, you you find mm-hmm. a way to make it happen, okay? Yeah. All right. But really, um, if you get to bring it though, to Ant, what is it? What would that have done for them? It's not to say that. Look, I don't. I'm not saying that they needed to be the team this year. Then why to bring it? He's 24. Yeah, he's but a, you only have control for two years. If it's not going to, so you're going for one year. See, the thing is, no, no, no. Me, no. My, my point is, is the that messaging I, is the problem. Well, messaging was certainly a problem. But if you yeah. go, like, like, let's say you went for Debrinket, right, and then the team is better under Tortorella, maybe not quite the playoff team or just on the brink, whatever. Obviously, we weren't expecting Gatorade to be hurt for the year two either, and that's that's a killer. But let's, yeah. you know. You so assume, hindsight's going to be effective. Uh, right, right. I mean, <laughs> I mean you, at the time, you assumed health for Sean Gatorade. Yeah. Um, but maybe then you said, okay, the team's getting better, and then as you go into that second year, of the brinket, right? Now you've opened up some, you got more, a little bit more room. Maybe you bring a couple other people in and it makes a, a better team. Yeah. Okay. And then by the second year, now you're a playoff team. Now you're a challenge. Now you're a competitive, competitive team again. Now is Alex to bring it, look at it and say, this is a place I want to be. This is a team I want to play for. Yeah. Right? There's some, there's some real value here. Yeah. I mean, I remember at the time, you know, and I talked about it at the time that there was too much risk involved in the brinket. Because we thought the price to acquire him would have been higher, but it turned out that wasn't the case. 
So, right. so th- it's more palatable because we saw what was given up for him. And we were kind of like, huh, really? That's it? But th- Chicago had no leverage because they everybody knew they were getting rid of him. See, the thing is for me is where they ended up. I, I think that because you can't rebuild because of contracts that you have, whether that's Hayes, Couturier, whether that's Ryan Ellis, whether that's you know some other contracts that were immovable, they were not in a position to tear it down because they had – guys with term and contracts that were coming off significant question mark injuries. So to me, this year was, it is all about a reboot with torts to stabilize, find out, get rid of all the crap that is not going to work going forward. And maybe you suffer for this year. And you're, if you're going to suffer, you do it in this year because there's a hell of a draft class sitting there to grab it, to bring it, to fall five points out of a playoff spot and draft 12th. It, to me, didn't make sense here. So it's either, hey, they have a good year. Maybe they make the playoffs, and who knows what happens. They're, they're not a cup contender, obviously. And obviously, with the Couture injury, that's different. But if you're going to – see, it's it's not that you're bad in sports. you got to be bad at the right time. Yeah. And, and they've here's never the thing, been here's bad the, at the right time. But here's the thing, though, Jay. They didn't do that either. They didn't put themselves in that spot either. Because yeah. – Happenstance did. Ha- right. If Couture is healthy mm-hmm. – you got to give Torts the benefit of the doubt because he's done it before with teams with less talent than the Flyers have. That they're at least can, they're at least competitive game to game. They may not yeah, be record wise though. Year one of Torts record wise though, not really good. If you look back, I, at his I, history. I, yeah, I know, I know. But he took over yeah. a bad Columbus team. He took over a bad a bad Tampa team. I, so I mean, it's you know, and, and then the Van, the Vancouver experience was just that was the one time I think that he had a, a failing situation yeah. where that he was, was expected mess. to win and did right um but if you but even still i i don't think that the team is bottom of the league with him if ever mm-hmm. if you assume health again assume health for everyone that they brought in this is not a bottom of the league roster is it a playoff team? what is it Probably now Probably not is no. it now what is it now it's closer to the bottom and i even say i i still think they're not bottom three. I, I don't think so either. <laughs> I still think, even without Couturier, I still think that they're probably you know, the, maybe the fifth worst team in hockey. It's it's tenuous right? because is Hayes going to be able to play eighty two games or seventy five games? Right? Yeah. Are you going to get Ryan Ellis at any point? How's D'Angelo and Provorov going to mesh? You know, is the are they going to defend less and be more strong? All those there's all these question marks, right? But the thing is, is like you see, like all the hot takes on Twitter. First of all, there's so many hot takes on Twitter right now that they're not going to win 15 games, <laughs> you know. Yeah. No. Or, or the other one is, see, I told you they should have traded Couturier after he won the Selkie. <laughs> Who would have traded Couturier after winning the Selkie after he played 82 games, 80 games, and then 69 games? Right. Who would have done that? Can you? Somebody said an, an old Brian Burke. Would have done that. Bullshit. There's no way in hell Berkey would have traded a Couturier after winning the Selkie playing 82, 80, and 69 games. No way. Right. So I, I say to those people, they'll say, I was saying to trade him then. Bullshit. Show me some fucking receipts. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just yeah, not. Good point. Not, you know, it's easy to say now. It is. And yeah, he's had some hard, a lot of hard hockey in his time in the NHL prior to signing the, the contract on August 26, 2021. 
But if they would have traded Couturier and he would have signed with somebody with the first number being a seven, you, you would have – people would have been picketing down there. That What the fuck are you doing trading yeah. tra- trading that guy? And he signs an extension that starts with a seven after that. Yeah. Great. So, all right. Agree. You got to go, don't you? I do. I'm sorry. I'm trying to do two things at once here at the same time and uh, log in. Not to good another at thing. it. I got to go on another call here right now. So, and uh, thanks hey, for doing this. I, yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Ant San Philly, uh, keep it there. That's where Ant will be, uh, you know, posting all his latest news. Know the goalie podcast across the world. Thanks, Ant. You got it, guys. Take it easy. There he is, Anthony Sanvillabo. Um, yeah, this is. It's also frustrating, Ant. Right. It, it is frustrating because I, I do think that this team, you know, providing a healthy Sean Couturier was going to surprise a lot of people this year just because I think Torts is the kind of guy that could have weeded out a lot of that dysfunctionality, which was a big driving force into what the hell has gone on wrong here in the last 18, 19, 20 months. But without Sean Couturier, like, I mean, there's – I mean – Assuming that you're not going to get an explosion from Morgan Frost or Kevin Hayes plays to a level that he's never played close to before in his career, you know, and and the thing is, is that like, you know, we were talking about it last week is that like we're banking on some guys like Lazinski and Allison and like, what if they're not healthy? Like, like what if Patrick Brown and Zach McEwen are playing 60, 65, 70 games? What if Morgan Frost doesn't, really get to be anything more than a passable 3C. Like, these are all things that if you have a healthy Sean Couturier and you have him making players around him better, and that's another thing. is It's not even just his own impact. It's the And you brought this up at the beginning of the show. Like, it's the impact he has around him and around Kevin Hayes. Like, Kevin Hayes, even if he's back to health like he was in 1920, is he going to be able to provide the same production when he doesn't have Sean Couture eating all those tough minutes, all those PK minutes? Like, yeah. there's such a trickle down effect from an injury like this. And it's the same thing like with Ryan Ellis. When Ryan Ellis got hurt last year and it caused, you know, Justin Braun to play on the top pair, it caused Rosmus Ristolainen to play, to start the majority of his shifts in the defensive zone. It caused a guy like Ivan Provorov to have to play with an inferior talent uh, than he was supposed to. Like when a guy this high in the lineup gets injured, it causes such a trickle down effect. Yep. And for a team like the Flyers, they just can't have that right now. And, you know, the last thing I'll say on this diatribe kind of is like if you asked me this time last year who the Flyers' two most important players were. I could hear the argument that it was Sean Couturier and Ryan Ellis. Mm-hmm. And a year later, neither of those guys are available. And there's a strong possibility that neither of them will be available for the entirety of the season. And I just don't know how that team kind of comes back from it. Yeah, how do you overcome that, right? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last year a lot. I talk about it in sports all the time, going back to when I was doing a talk show every day. One of the most important the number one most important thing for any player in sports, doesn't matter how good you are, is availability. Number one, you can be great. If you're not available, doesn't do me any good. And the trickle-down effect of that, like you said, is slotting. When you build a team, you build a guy. This is, we always say it, do your job. Don't try and do somebody else's job because then I'll have two guys not doing their job. When If you go out, you do your job. So every guy's got a job, whether you're a first-line center, you're a third-line winger, 
there's a job that you have to do. And when you're being asked to do a job that's above your pay grade, like, Aunt, could I, could I go and it, I'm an entry level accountant, right? 23 years old. I'm just getting an account. Can I all of a sudden go in and do the taxes for a fortune 500 company? No, that's above my pay grade at that point. It's, it's, it's not, I'm not equipped to do that. My skill set can't do that and do that well. So when you're asking guys to do that, your, your level of play as a team is not going to be there because if I'm asking that guy to do that, now I'm asking the guy to do his job. That's not equipped to do his and it compounds and so forth. And that's how you have a team that, that really suffers one injury. You know, next man up is a really nice thing to say in sports. It's cool. It's good for a game or two, but in reality, long-term it's bullshit. Next man up is bullshit in sports because guys are there and they get paid well to do that job. And if they're not available, it's a huge issue. And it also matters where that next man up is coming from position wise. Like, look, I'm, I'm not trying to compare the importance of Travis Konechny to Sean Couture at all. But, like, let's say for argument's sake, Sean Couture was a right wing, hypothetically. He was just a right wing. The Flyers are very deep organizationally at right wing. Let's say Ivan Provorov would have got hurt than Ryan over Ryan Ellis. Take away from the fact of who you think is a better defenseman, the Flyers are much more deep on the left side of the defense than they are the right side. Yeah. The Flyers are not deep at the center position, you know, up and down their organization. I think that they're doing that good goes back things. to Hextall too. The drafting of the center position from German Rupsov to blah, 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 blah. Vorobiev, Bonamin, yeah. it was just bad. Uh, Laberge, Pascal Laberge. Yeah. And, you know, like you guys were talking about, about the Nolan Patrick Webb, this entire disaster has stemmed from, like, Nolan Patrick is a microcosm of that and the biggest, you know, example of it. But it was Hextel's inability to draft NHL caliber centermen. That was the big, big issue because it forced you into a Kevin Hayes signing. Look, I, I don't think the Kevin Hayes contract is as bad as many people make it out to be because, you know, after this year, he has three years left. His no-move clause is gone. It's a back-diving contract. Like, when the, when the cap goes up in two years, I'm sure you can move Kevin Hayes with relative ease. I still think you can move him now if you really wanted to, if he could mm-hmm. prove to be healthy this season. But that's an entirely different discussion. But it's because, you know, if Nolan Patrick had even turned into a solid top six center or Morgan Frost had turned into a solid top six center, we wouldn't be as doom and gloom today. But it's because now we're looking at this team and we're seeing the only guy here who has proved to be an everyday NHL at this point in his career as a centerman is Kevin Hayes. I guess you could say Scott Lawton too, and maybe that forces Scott Lawton back into the middle of the ice. Probably. This injury, ra- the um, I'm saying, but it's it all goes back to their inability to develop centermen that started with Ron Hextall. Now with Fletcher and Flair, you have a guy like Cutter Goatsy that they're going to try and develop as a center. Elliot Denoye impressed a lot over the weekend. The people I spoke to, but even him. I asked, you know, is there a possibility you could make the NHL team? No, he needs time in Lehigh Valley. Yeah. So maybe in a year or two from now, we're having a different discussion, but it doesn't change the fact that this team has not developed an everyday NHL centerman since Scott Lawton. And even Scott Lawton, you can make the argument that he's best served on the wing. Obviously, Morgan Frost, 
is looking more positive now than he did maybe 12 months ago. But it all goes back to Nolan Patrick and the absolute failures that Ron Hextall drafted uh, as centerman. You become a, a dog chasing your tail. Is yeah. what it is at, at this point. All right, let's wrap it up. Um, great stuff, Ant. Um, we'll see where things go from here, and uh, we'll crank it up. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Hopefully a bit more positivity next episode. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Get some sleep, brother. Uh, the 80s, man. All right, read Ant stuff at uh, online at uh, thefourthperiod.com. Great stuff there from Anthony as well, and uh, on Twitter at adamarco25. Oh, man, what an episode. That was kind of cathartic. I don't feel a lot better. I guess I feel a little better, but not a lot better. Uh, check out the new Bet Parks app. It is fantastic. Take it from me. Bet Parks app is everything you want in a mobile casino and sports book. And it is fantastic. It's easy to use, easy to navigate, even if you're not that savvy and faster to win than ever before. Right now, all Bet Parks users, by using the promo code JASON750, are going to pick up a risk free bet up to $750. $750. Terms and conditions to apply. That's for new and existing users. Again, Jason750, that's the promo code. So get the Bet Parks app, whether you want to do some live in game betting, player performances on football, college or pro, on hoops, which is coming up. You got hockey coming up. You've got uh, the end of the baseball season, hits, strikeouts, home runs, you name it. You can bet it all there. Futures, uh, live in game play uh, by play betting, same game parlays, alternate lines, all available on the Bet Parks app. So download the Bet Parks app today. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And also, uh, our uh, new sponsor is new sponsor is kind of an old sponsor. It's a, a company that I've been with for a very long time. Very long relationship with the great people at Conquerville. Uh, bought my first car there way back in, I believe, 1989. Yeah, I'm 50 years old. And many since. My son going to get his first car there as well. And he is knocking on the door at 16. And why Conquerville? Well, it's simple. Trust. Conquerville cares. It's not just a saying. It is a fact. They've been uh, they do great work in the community. It's unparalleled. Conquerville was the first Subaru Nation Love Promise Dealer of the Year winner back in 2015. And they keep doing it to this day. Eight years of supporting Nemours Children's Hospital of Delaware. 15 classrooms at Marcus Hook Elementary School this year. Again, where they give the teachers $500 to pick uh, their own classroom supplies. Plus, they continue the donation of thousands of coats to the La Comunidad Hispania in Kennett Square. They've done that for over 10 years, and that continues to this day as well. Now's a great time to visit the beautiful showroom right on Route 202 in Glen Mills. Check out the certified pre-owned inventory or pick from a list of incoming Subaru vehicles. You're going to love the, the facilities, plus great service department, and every service comes with a free car wash. So do yourself a favor. Visit ConquervilleSubaru.com online and check out the showroom on Route 202 in Glen Mills. And always remember, conquer cares. All right, that's episode 65 of Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. We go to three days a week next week. Everybody, keep your head up. If uh, something breaking happens, we will have an emergency episode. Absolutely. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Leave us a five-star rating and review. And we'll talk to you next time on episode 66 of Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. Have a great day, everyone. Driver